And welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, welcome to the Friday Valentine's Day edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Tough night last night for the New York Islanders. They are shut out by the Nashville Predators, their second ugly loss to the Preds this season. They lose 5 to nothing. Just an overall clunker of a game. We will have a full breakdown and analysis of what went wrong and what the Islanders need to do to get back on track as this four-game Western Conference road trip continues. We will also take a look back at a great overtime game between the Rangers and the Islanders on this date in Islanders history, and we'll have a a full preview of Saturday night's game in Vegas against the Golden Knights. So lots to talk about on today's show. Don't forget, if you have a question, a comment, or a topic you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email the show. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI, and we'll keep you up to date on all the Islanders' news and happenings Uh, as they happen. So feel free to uh, sign up and join us on Twitter as well. All right, let's uh, get to it. Rough game in the Music City as the Islanders going at it with the Predators. Tomas Grice got the start for the Islanders. Meanwhile, the Predators uh, countering with UC Saros in goal and Things just got off to a bad start, and they kind of didn't get any better from there. Craig Smith scoring just 35 seconds into the game, his 14th goal of the year. A tough angle shot that you would have thought the goaltender would have been able to play, but instead, 35 seconds in, a deflating start to this game, and the Islanders were trailing one to nothing, and, you know, look, Nick Letty, with the turnover there, he tried to skate the puck out of the zone instead of making the safe pass or the safe play off the boards and getting it out of the zone, Craig Smith forces the turnover and then skates in and makes that shot, and very quickly, the Islanders are trailing. Now, the Islanders had their chances, Kiefer Bellows with a nice play to set up uh, Dal Cole down on the right side of the goal, but Saros made the save, 
And again, it's a uh, one to nothing lead still. Now, at the 6.46 mark of the first period, we have a uh, little fight going on between Matt Martin and Austin Watson of Nashville. But uh, at the end of the day, the fight does not reverse the momentum because less than a minute later, it is a two to nothing lead for Nashville. Craig Smith, his second goal of the game on a nasty wrist shot from the slot area. Rocco Grimaldi and Nick Benino with the helpers. And at 7.41, the Islanders were already down two goals in this game. And the main reason that the Islanders were trailing at this point, they were just playing sloppy, sloppy hockey inside their own zone. You are not going to win very many hockey games especially on the road, especially against a good team, a good opponent, if you're coughing up pucks in your own zone and giving up quality scoring chances. It just isn't going to work, and it didn't work here for the Islanders. Anders Lee had a good scoring chance, but again, he was just down in the slot area. Islanders had their scoring chances in this game, had some quality chances, but again, the save is made by Saros, and it's still a 2 to nothing hockey game. Then, Matthias Ekholm scores a short side goal. So that's two out of three iffy goals by Tomas Grice. It's Ekholm's seventh from Yark Rock and Austin Watson. Time of the goal, 13-33. And Barry Trotz had seen enough. That was the end of the night for Tomas Grice, who allows three goals on eight shots. So five saves in this one. Islanders switch up the goalies. They go with Varlamov. And uh, again, the Islanders trying very hard for uh, to get back into this game. Had a couple of good chances. Brock Nelson had one in close on the right side of the goal, but again, uh, a big save by Saros, and the game remained three to nothing, and at the end of the first period, that was the score. Islanders out shooting the Preds by a 14 to 10 margin, but being outplayed and just playing sloppy hockey in their own zone, having trouble getting out of their own way, and at the end of the day, just not getting the job done. So 3 nothing after 20 minutes, and the Islanders clearly struggling in this one. So, you know, when that happens, first of all, 3 nothing. you're not quite out of the game yet. It's not easy to bounce back, especially on the road, down 3. But, you know, you go into the locker room, and you got to tell your team, let's just get the next one. You get the next one. 3-1, to one, and we're back in the hockey game. There's still 40 minutes of uh, hockey left to play, but the Islanders, you know, needed to get that next goal, and they tried. They put a lot of pressure on. They had three shots in the first four minutes of the second period, but then Rocco Grimaldi scores his 10th goal of the year, unassisted at 441, and this time now, 
again, the Islanders having trouble clearing the puck out of their own zone. Johnny Boychuk with the turnover. Grimaldi beats Varlamov to the glove side, and it's 4-0. And at that point, you knew, pretty much, as resilient as this team has been at times, that they were not going to come through and tie uh, and, and get back, seemingly, in this hockey game. So, you know, it was just a roll right now that the Islanders were on. Islanders did get a power play chance in the second period. Uh, Michael Granlin holding. He took down Kiefer Bellows, who did a good job of drawing the penalty, but the Islanders unable to convert with the extra attacker and uh, almost gave up actually a shorthanded goal on that power play. So it wasn't pretty, let's put it that way. The final goal of the second period, Craig Smith roofing a shot at 11.38. Roman Yossi with the only assist. Smith completes the hat trick, his 16th of the year. Five to nothing, Predators. Islanders got another power play chance late in the period when Dan Hamuse hooked Kiefer Bellows, and Bellows drew two penalties uh, in the second period alone, but it wasn't enough, and at the end of 40 minutes, folks, the uh, Islanders trailing by a score of 5 to nothing, and uh, Islanders outshooting Nashville 27-21 at this point, but the game looking pretty futile, and the team struggling big time. We'll come back, discuss the third period, and and analyze this game a little bit more, break down some of the numbers. We'll have this date in Islanders history, and we'll preview what is now an even more important game in Vegas Saturday night. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islanders not able to get a lot done in the third period. They did have a little bit of a scare. Matthew Barzal hit by a shot taken by Scott Mayfield about seven minutes into the third period. He was on the ice, but managed to uh, eventually get up and skate off on his own power. He did return, so, you know, at least the Islanders avoided another major injury, but no scoring by either team in that third period, and the Islanders fall to the Predators Five to nothing. They lose both games to Nashville uh, in pretty embarrassing fashion, to say the least. You remember they gave up uh, eight goals back on December 17th in an eight to three loss, a game that they were leading uh, three to one. So, you know, the Predators just dominating the Islanders in these two matchups. Uh, Anthony Bavillier and Brock Nelson minus three as was Noah Dobson, but the ultimate minus in this game, Johnny Boychuk, a minus four in only 14 minutes and 19 seconds of ice time as Barry Trotz uh, kept him on the bench a bit later on in the game because he just wasn't having a good game. Uh, You look at the overall statistics, uh, shots on goal, Anders Lee led the team with eight. Uh, Face-off circle, the Islanders, did not fare well. Brock Nelson, 8 out of 16. Matthew Barzal, 4 out of 12. Uh, Anders Lee, 3 out of 6. Derek Broussard took five faceoffs and lost all five. 
Anders Lee, in addition to the eight shots on goal, did block four shots. Scott Mayfield blocked six to lead all the Islanders. And as far as hits are concerned, the Islanders led by Boychuk with three. Devin Tays had 23 minutes and 14 seconds of ice time to lead the Islanders. Matthew Barzal, 21-01 to lead the forwards. But overall, just an ugly performance by the Islanders who just couldn't get out of their own way. UC Saros with 31 saves to earn the shutout in this game. And he really did earn it. The Islanders had their share of chances down low but just could not solve Saros. The scratches in this game, defenseman Sebastian Ajo, and then forwards Ross Johnston and Tom Cunackle. By the way, the recently called up Kale, uh, Cole Bardro played in this game, was a minus one in 12 minutes and 45 seconds of ice time, had one shot on goal, Took seven face-offs, won three of them, was credited with two hits and one takeaway. So Bardro, you know, didn't look as bad as some of his teammates did. The top line, you know, the, the Beauvillier and Nelson, the second line, really, for the Islanders, struggling in this game, but really the whole team just having a hard time of it. And you just, you could tell. A, this team misses Casey Sezikis, misses Adam Pellick, misses uh, Cal Clutterbuck. But at the end of the day, you can't sit here and talk about what, who isn't in the lineup, who can't play. You got to go out there and play the best game you can with the guys that you have. The Islanders, I can guarantee you, uh, will make some lineup changes uh, before Saturday night's game in Las Vegas. It's a 10.30 Eastern time start Saturday night. So uh, if you're planning to stay up late, by all means, uh, that's the game going to be on uh, MSG Plus at uh, 10.30 Saturday night. And of course, we'll have a full preview of this game coming up a little bit later on in the show. But overall, you know, we talked about this road trip, how tight the standings are, how important it was for the Islanders to get at least five points out of a possible eight, minimum five points on this road trip. Well, now they have only three games to get those five points, and it doesn't get that much easier uh, with Vegas. With the loss, Islanders dropping to 33-16-6 on the season. And the standings, again, only going to get tighter right now as we take a look at them. <clears throat> Islanders still with 72 points, five points behind the Washington Capitals, although they no longer have that game in hand. Capitals in first place with 77 points. Penguins with 74. That's two points ahead of the Islanders. But now Pittsburgh has a game in hand. Columbus, one point behind the Islanders. The Islanders with two games in hand. Philadelphia, one point behind the Islanders. Again, the Islanders with two games in hand. And Carolina, five points behind the Islanders. No games in hand. Both of them having played 56 games. 
almost for certain Varlamov will get the start Saturday night in Vegas, and the Islanders will need to bounce back in a big way to get themselves righted in time to salvage this road trip. All right, when we come back, we'll have this date in Islanders history, plus a preview of Saturday's game in Las Vegas. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2013, at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Islanders and the Rangers set to face off, and this game did not get off to a very good start for the New York Islanders. They did not manage a shot on goal in the first 14 minutes of the game, and they trailed pretty quickly. Dan Girardi getting his first goal of the year from Carl Hagland and Rick Nash, and at 3.36, the Rangers had the 1-0 lead. A couple of minutes after the goal, a fight between Eric Bolton of the Islanders and Aaron Asham of the Rangers, that one breaking out 525 into that first period. And then the Rangers add to their lead Marion Gabrick, his seventh from Brad Richards and Ryan Callahan at 1128. And just like that, the Islanders down two to nothing. They finally get a shot on goal. After 14 minutes of play, and it looked like their eight-game losing streak at Madison Square Garden was bound to continue, but in the second period, the Islanders scrapped back and got into this game. Colin McDonald, his second goal of the season, assisted by a youngster named Casey Sezikis, comes only 29 seconds into the second period. And the game was now 2-1 to one. at 6.45. John Tavares evens the score on an odd man rush. His eighth unassisted at 6.45. And just like that, he beats Martin Beran. And the game is even at 2-2. Brad Boys gives the Islanders the lead at 7.25. His fourth from Lubomir Vizhnovsky and Brian Strait. And all of a sudden... The Islanders, with three goals in a little less than seven minutes, had taken a 3-2 to two lead. But the Islanders couldn't hold that lead. Brian Strait called for interference at 9.43, and the Rangers take advantage with a power play goal. Carl Hagelin, his fifth from Gabarik and Mark Stahl at 11.14, and after two periods... The Rangers and the Islanders all even at three apiece. Nobody scores in the third period. Nobody scores in overtime, and we go to a shootout. Marion Gabrick could not beat Evgeny Nabokov. Then Franz Nielsen, first up for the Islanders, he uses his patented backhand move to beat Martin Beran, and the Islanders led 1-0. Rick Nash was next up for the Rangers, but Nabokov stopped him. And then John Tavares skates in, beats Martin Beran for the clinching goal, and the Islanders skate away with a 4-3 shootout win over the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden to win this hockey game. Evgeny Nabokov, 36 saves in 39 shots to earn the victory, while for the Islanders, no player had a multi-point night. 
Casey Sezikis and Brian Strait were plus two to pace the Islanders. Meanwhile, shots on goal, both John Tavares and Lubomir Vizhnovsky had six apiece. Martin Biron, uh, 28 saves in a losing effort for the New York Rangers. Marion Gabarik and Carl Hagelin each had a goal and an assist. But in the end, the Rangers fall to the Islanders. Islanders 4, Rangers 3. This date in Islanders history, Valentine's Day, 2013. All right, the Islanders heading into Vegas for their next game. Saturday, an important one. The Vegas Golden Knights in a very, very tight Pacific division right now. They are right right now in third place. But look, they have 64 points as we record this podcast. Five points separates the top five teams in this division. So every game vital for the Vegas Golden Knights at this point. They are ninth in the league in goals for 18th in goals against. The power play is ranked 12th. The penalty kill 22nd. So offensively, Vegas pretty potent, but defensively, they are struggling a little bit. Marc-Andre Fleury remains the starter. He is 21-14-5 this year. A 2.87 goals against average and a 9.04 save percentage. Three shutouts this season for the former Pittsburgh Penguin. His backup, Malcolm Subban, in 17 starts. He is 17-7, excuse me, 7-7-3. A 2.98 goals against and an 8.98 save percentage. Mark Stone right now is the leading scorer with 53 points. He is also a plus 11. The leading goalie, goal scorer, Max Pacioretty, with 24. He has 52 points. Chandler Stevenson leads the team in plus-minus. He is a plus-17. Riley Smith also topping the 20-goal mark already. He has 21 tallies and 44 points at this juncture. And the Islanders got to be on their guard, to say the least. Uh, right now, they... The Golden Knights have lost three of their last four. Uh, and again, as I'm recording this podcast, their game against St. Louis is just underway. Uh, so that game still to be determined. But you look at the line combinations right now. Paul Stastny, the center of the top line, with uh, Riley Smith and Jonathan uh, Salt on his wings. William Carlson is the second line center with Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone flanking him. Cody Eakin is the third-line pivot with Chandler Stevenson and Alex Tuck on his wings. And Thomas Nosek centers Will Carrier and Ryan Reeves on their fourth or energy line. The defensive combinations, Braden McNabb and Nate Schmidt are the top defensive pairing, followed by Nick Holden and Shea Theodore, while John Merrill and Derek England are the uh, third pairing right now for the Golden Knights. The only major injury right now, Cody Glass out of the lineup. So uh, we'll keep an eye on him, whether or not he'll be able to return Saturday night. But for the Islanders, this game taking on a larger and larger importance. And don't forget how the Islanders do on this road trip. 
and shortly after it ends, the next, let's say, five or six games is going to have a big influence on what Lou Lamorello does at the trade deadline. Go on a hot streak, and you know they're adding a player. Cool off, lose, you know, a bunch of games in a row, and you know they may not be adding very much. They may either stand pat or even sell off a player or two. Uh, I doubt they'll go that far because this team does have the tools to be competitive, but they certainly need to play a lot better, especially in their own zone, than they did tonight. And there's something about the Nashville Predators that seems to bring out the worst in the New York Islanders. All right, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. That helps other Islander and hockey fans find the podcast, and it's always great to grow the Locked On Islanders family. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks so much for joining us for the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone, and thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.